welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) Welcome to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. And I know Gigi's thinking right now, the hay video didn't play. (laughs) But we'll have it coming up for you in just a minute. So I'm sitting here all alone with this fantastic box of chocolates that Brookledge gave us today um, from the from the summit. And they're quite nice. And I was going to share them with my co-host and Alan Davis, who was also going to come in and talk this week and both cancelled. So you get just me. But I'm going to start out with uh, with some news and also share with you um, some great interviews actually from today and also from um, Jackie Demerick, who her and Nick, of course, won uh, two of the Breeders' Cup championship races. And um, she's going to chat a little bit about how they really set up the foundation of those horses so that they are the best that they can possibly be, so that they can make it to the best in the world. Um, but let's start off with some... Uh, mentions don't want to forget about who done it who done it you ask what do you mean who done it um stirrups and strides are going to have their wild west murder mystery it's their fundraiser for this year um from 5 to 9 p.m on december 4th that's a saturday it'll be a lot of fun it'll be at the farm they'll be under the uh, covered arena you can reserve a table you can sponsor uh, and you can come along and really enjoy um really what will be a fun event and um, their farm's a great place to visit. Of course, the Syrup Strides program is wonderful. We had an interview with Gail McDaniel last week, um, one of the directors there at the program. And of course, they work very, very closely with uh, disabled adults and children, as well as veterans um, with horses and mentorship. And uh, it's really an incredible therapeutic riding program. So if you can support them and enjoy a, a nice evening out there at the farm, please do. Um, it's $75 per person, uh, or you can um, buy a whole table and impress some people with a fun night out at a farm. Uh, our Christmas at Kimberden is coming up December the 8th at 2 p.m. You can come out to Kimberden. Uh, this is part of the Equine Initiative that belongs with the Chamber and Economic Partnership, which is presented by Piranha Inc. Uh, you can see the address there on the screen. If you're joining us only on the radio, it is 5400 Northwest 110th Avenue, Ocala, 34482. And you can send an email to louisa at ocalacep.com if you would like to come out. We're going to have an Equine 101 on Kimberden and what they do at Kimberden um, with their teams that they support there, which is wonderful. A lot of the hunter-jumper activities that go on. Plus, it's also home to um, Kimmy Carp's uh, country carriage tours. And we are going to actually have a mini version of her farm tour um, in one of the hitches or carriages. And I think you'll really enjoy that. You'll learn all about the farm and you can meet the fantastic Prince himself. Tiny Prince Charming. He's not very tiny, he's a Percheron. Uh, again, that is December 8th at 2 p.m. That is a Wednesday, and that is our Christmas at Kimberden. We do decorate a equine-themed tree every year, 
So we do ask if you would please bring a, um, a equine-themed Christmas tree decoration with you. That would be wonderful. We will hang it on the tree and we'll sell that uh, at the auction or business after hours the following week. And usually our equine theme tree is the top seller. So um, I think it'll be a really fun event and we'll do some Christmas celebration together and learn all about Kimberden. So please join us for that. Uh, in some other news, Mars Equestrian has joined the New World Equestrian Center in Ocala as a founding partner. The sponsorship will give Mars naming rights to marquee events at the new multidiscipline and equestrian sports venue, including show jumping, dressage and Western disciplines. And the center will feature products from the Mars family of brands. We all like Mars, right? Interesting point there. By the way, a Mars bar looks totally different in England. It's in a black wrapper with red writing. There will also be brand installations and exper experiential pop-up activations. WEX CEO Robert Roberts said that the center was honored to partner with Mars Equestrian, which is described as an iconic brand. Uh, Mr. Roberts said, we appreciate their support and are uniquely positioned to leverage the Mars Incorporated family of brands to enhance the experience of all exhibitors, spectators and guests. The comprehensive partnership agreement covers multiple touch points, including confectionery, pet care and horse care, with official partner status along several brand lines, including the Buckeye Equine Nutrition brand. So um, that's big news in the horse world that was released today and, of course, um, we're always happy to have uh, Mars uh, partnering up with WEC, which of course is World Class Equestrian Centre, probably the finest uh, one in the world. One of the reasons we had a little bit of a late start in the show today is we were actually at the summit today, which was something we've mentioned twice in every show uh, since I can't even remember when, probably several months. Conversations about conservation. I finally got that down. Um, I pulled a Gigi today, by the way. Gigi was proud of me. I um, grabbed a hold of the camera, marched up front, looked at Hall of Famer Mark Cassie and the Mrs. Weber and said, can we get an interview, please? And Mark looked at me a little surprised. I'm not usually quite so forward. Gigi has to do that. Um, and said, of course. So we actually managed to get them both at the same time. We're going to share that with you later. And I think that is... Um, really, really neat to get the two of them because um, you couldn't probably have two more iconic figures from the Ocala Marion County area. And obviously our focus is um, definitely on here. We spread our wings at times and go here and there. As you'll see later on, we were in Aiken. Um, but we, uh, we certainly like to center everything back here on the horse capital. Uh, another issue that has sprung up lately um, and recently in Hendry County, there has been some concern, but also closer to home, we actually had an occurrence of some dogs um, attacking, fatally attacking a horse. That actually happened here in Ocala just recently. I'm going to be addressing that um, within our advocacy group here at the CEP. But um, also this happened in Hendry County. A lot of people keeping their um, fences and gates and things locked down um, because two dogs did fatally attack a horse and the wink news spot actually covered this. The owner was too upset to talk on camera, which I totally understand. Um, it's just an unbelievable situation. And they basically had to get the dogs off the horse, apparently, which is very sad, um, and had to call the neighbor um, and then call the police. But 
Um, it's really heartbreaking. Apparently it was an older horse and it doesn't make any difference. It's heartbreaking. But, you know, this is something to think about um, if you have dogs that, you know, are trained to hunt or, or track animals. Um, you know, how, how are you keeping those dogs in a, you know, in an environment where they can't get out and, and hurt other people's animals? So um, it is a very worrisome situation. Um, and having heard about this now twice in the last few weeks, it's definitely something, you know, something to think about um, and to be concerned about if you if you have neighbours in your area that have, you know, caged dogs that are used and trained to hunt. It's certainly something to be aware of and something that has come to my attention. But prayers and thoughts, definitely going out to those folks in Hendry County, as I'm sure that's a um, heartbreaking situation. And I mean, I think of that as I'm now the owner of a miniature horse and I have a mini donkey and um, my mini donkey is pretty tough uh, and a pretty good little uh, defender of my boundaries but it certainly does make me think about that if they were overcome um, by dogs perhaps that they you know couldn't do anything so it's it's certainly something to be aware of. Um, we're at the end of this segment and we are coming right back with Dr. Adam Kayot. We're going to talk a little bit about snake bite so stay with us on the Horse Talk Show or with me. And we'll be right back.
Nelson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. With over 70 years of collective experience in the horse industry, Lipchip was built with integrity by horsemen for horsemen. Introducing the ChipLink system, powered by Lipchip, where a 15-digit unique ID becomes a key to unlock not only identity, but also health paperwork, owner information, and even photos of each horse. So simple, even a child can do it. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. on the second segment of the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Uh, we are running a little behind tonight. Apologies uh, for anyone who tuned in earlier looking for us at six. We actually were at the Summit for Horse Farms Forever today. We think it's very, very important preserving our farmland preservation area. And... Uh, we are uh, actually just in the process now of reaching Dr. Adam Kayot from Peterson and Smith uh, to talk a little bit about snake bite. Hopefully we haven't missed him um, this evening. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the venomous snakes here in the United States and kind of some of the reactions and some of the tips um, that we have for people out trail riding um, and the do's and don'ts. Some of the... Hello, uh, hello. hello, hello. Dr. Adam Kayot is with us. Sorry. Dr. Kayot, we're running a little behind tonight. Thank you for still being available. No problem. <laughs> um, I understand. I know I'm not Well, I know. I'm, story of a doctor's life, isn't it? <laughs> right. Right. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit about snake bite. Um, and in the U.S., there's quite a variety of different sorts of snakes to be concerned about. And <clears throat> for those people who've ever come out and seen the horse with a swollen muzzle, uh, that may be the first thing that jumps to mind, and certainly it can happen out on a trail ride in the woods. 
Um, can you talk to us, Dr. Chaot, about the do's and don'ts, first of all? And I know the small fashion ideas that we've seen on movies and television that aren't advisable. So maybe we can start with the don'ts. <laughs> uh, well, don't try to panic. Don't panic. That's always a good, that's always a, that's always a good thing. Don't panic. Uh, um, you know, as far as, um, most of them are not legal, most of them. Um, most of the time, they do happen on the face because the horse's face is on the ground, nosing around, um, you know, eating grass or eating whatever, and they come across the friendly, slithering animal, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, they, you know, they get bit. Um, obviously, um, it's good to you see it happen. You have access to anti-inflammatories, um, you know, either butanamine, both. Uh, if you have steroids on hand, um, that's always great to, um, you know, get that on as soon as you can. Call your veterinarian. Um, the idea, some horses, um, you know, partic particularly bad, actually, into them at some hospitals that we can come um, can always help but so I think we may be losing you, Dr. K. Our time may be in an area um, by now where your signal may be cutting out, possibly. Yes, I think we did lose him. Um, I think he was probably in an area, possibly uh, out at one of the farms that, that doesn't have a great signal. Well, one of the things I found interesting when I was studying this um, was the fact that because a snake is aware of how big the horse is and knows that it actually can't eat it, that um, one of the things a, horse, a snake does is not waste its actual venom on the horse because it's not a worthy prey um, to waste venom on, which I thought was rather interesting. I was actually quite fascinated by that. Are you with us, Dr. Chaot? Technology. <laughs> I know. Don't you love it? It's great when it works. <laughs> Listen, I was, com I, was, I was comforted today that I was at this Horse Farms Forever Summit, huge organization, and that they were having technical difficulties. And I was not happy to see that for them, but I was comforted by the fact that even the biggest organizations, you know, can have these issues because technology is so trying yeah. at times, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Like, it gets so frustrating because like, you're used to it working all the time, and then when it doesn't, you just, like, I know. you just want to pull your hair out. So I anyway, know. I don't know where I fell off there, but... Well, you know, um, one of the things I read that was very interesting was that snakes know that horses are too big for them to eat, so they actually don't mm -hmm. waste as much venom on a snake as they would on something mm -hmm. they can eat. So that's the good right. news, which is apparently why most snake bites in horses are not fatal, because the snake's like, well, I can't eat him, so I'm not going to waste it. Right. I'm just going to make right. him go away. You make him run away. Exactly. Right. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Right. So I was talking yeah. about that when I lost you. <laughs> Yeah, well, that that's you know that is good, and that's why you know if you have anti-inflammatories available, you know, in your first aid kit, you know, those are always things that you could get immediately on board. Uh, in the meantime, um, you know, while your veterinarian is getting out to to observe the situation, 
I, I mean, it, you know, snake bites can be pretty, um, I've had a couple bad experiences over the year that are kind of interesting, uh, with snake bites. One, one was just, just happened recently, probably within the last year or two, uh, water moccasin bit a horse on its leg. And then, um, so that, that, that wound then developed into pityosis, which is a really bad, mm-hmm. like, fungal slash bacterial infection that's just awful. And so we ended up dealing with that, with that horse. And, and you know, the, the end of the story was that it was good, but it was a long, long process. And I had a horse years ago that um, presented as colic. Uh, because he wasn't wanting to defecate, and it's kind of a long story, so I'll just kind of shorten it up. But uh, the horse lived out kind of in the forest way, and um, we ended up finding out that he got bit on his tail by a rattlesnake. Wow. And the reason we figured that out is because the tail became gangrenous over time, and it literally fell off the whole tail. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. He had, uh, he basically looked like a bulldog. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was just a stub at the top. And what we think happened was that, you know, he laid down and rolled or, or did whatever and happened to lay down at the wrong spot. The tail bit the head of his, you know, or the snake bit the head of his tail. Yes. And so he wasn't wanting to poo because it hurt. Oh. And it was really painful to do so. From all the swelling stopped. on the dock of the tail, most likely, right? you could not right? see anything. You could not see it at all. No. And, um, no. you know, and uh, they, they, you know, kind of funny because the neighbor um, happened to see a rattlesnake and they killed it, and it was huge. Oof. It was huge. And, um, yeah, so, you know, you know it, it can have interesting outcomes. Yeah. Uh, both those horses live, thankfully, and, and that's generally the case. But you got to worry about swelling around the face and around the nose because horses can't breathe through their mouth, right? Right, so right. You get you get that swelling stuff, and, and, you know, it is possible that you might need to do an emergency where, you know, you cut open a hole there in their neck so they can breathe through the trachea like that. And, now, what are your thoughts uh, on, for like, avid trail riders or people who perhaps live out in the forest what do you think about keeping some lubricated hose around to put up the nose and keep it open? Yeah, it's always yeah, that's always a, a possibility. Sure, absolutely. not a bad idea till the vet yeah. gets there, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I can't believe we're at one minute already. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> Story time. Oh yeah, right. Well, for it to get that big, you know, mm-hmm. to where they're having the issues with the breathing, but certainly if you're out on a trail ride somewhere in the middle of who knows where, and yeah, uh, yeah if you have something like that, that would be wise uh, to keep that having your saddlebag. Yes, you know, not a bad case. idea. Dr. K.L., thank you so much for joining us. Great tips and advice. We look forward to having you My back pleasure. on the show and happy Thanksgiving weekend to you. Sounds, sounds good. To All you. Right. Thank you. Enjoy. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We're going to have um, Sarah, Mark, and uh, Jackie coming up in the next few segments. We hope you enjoy it. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, 
TT Distributors and the Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Louisville. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at Ocala Breeder Sales with our Hall of Famer. We like to call him Ocala's Mark Cassie. Lots of claims to fame there. And also another Hall of Famer, in my opinion, Mrs. Weber. And this is a wonderful day for Horse Farms Forever. We've certainly celebrated this first Acorn Award here. And I'm just going to get a few words from Mark and Mrs. Weber about today. Mrs. Weber, tell us how you feel today and why this is so important to you and to our county. What's well, important to me because without Ocala and the horse farms forever, I couldn't have horses and give them to the Marvelous Mark. <laughs> and so to have a great place to race horses, not only from the feeling of the land is good and nutritious, but also the talent all in the neighborhood is, makes it a win-win. It's incredible. And Mrs. Weber, you have 2,500 acres here of the most beautiful farm, uh, probably the most beautiful in the county. Share a little bit just briefly about the history of that and why that makes all of this so important. Well, I started out in the 60s with 1,000 acres and I've just tried to add more land. As they say, try to ask your neighbor when they don't want it anymore if I could add it on. So I have. It's been productive. I haven't lovely sight of land and the horses and the cows like it and I think the neighbors like it. What I'm worried about is the free land around me being so gobbled up and the traffic that it'll occur. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, with your career and wonderful connection with Mrs. Weber through so many horses, just to mention world approval alone, um, a wonderful success that you've had in your life at the track in Canada and here. Um, we love claiming you as Ocala's Mark Cassie. Talk about why the farmland is so important and the, and the really the huge importance of the thoroughbred industry here. And, you know, I try to give all the accolades I can to the wonderful connections here all the time. There are so many. You, uh, you're one of those, of course and we love you well and so is she so yeah you know it's um ocala's home it's been forever she is miss ocala we've been we both been here over 50 years and and i mean what 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 a better what could you ask for a better industry to have you know the beautiful horses the beautiful horse farms um it's a great place to train horses. It's a great place to raise horses. So, uh, and we, families. And families, true. And we don't want to lose that. And um, thanks to you know people like Charlotte, um, that's not going to happen. 
Absolutely. Our culture, uh, everything that we are and everything that makes everybody around the world want to be here in Ocala is all about the business that we're in and we love the horses and the farms. Any last word, Mrs. Weber? We want to say congratulations to you, this phenomenal award. Uh, you certainly deserve it. Come raise some nice horses and cattle. It's a great place to be. Sunshine and good health. Last word, Ocala's Mark Cassie, our Hall of Famer. Just, you know, I mean, Charlotte said it best. I mean, we learned today through uh, what we've always known. Ocala is a great place to live. Everybody wants to be here. That's right. Here with Mrs. Weber and Mark Cassie, I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show at OBS for the Horse Farms Forever Summit. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at Ocala Breeder Sales with Sarah Fennessy, the Executive Director of Horse Farms Forever. We have just experienced a, a wonderful uh, learning environment about the horse farms here in the horse capital of the world from some key people who got a chance to speak. And Sarah was an integral part of bringing all of this together. So I want to talk a little bit about why and kind of what Sarah thinks is going to come out of this. Sarah, thank you for being with us. Tell us a little bit about what brought about having the summit. Um, con you got to help me. Conversations about conservation. I've been saying that for weeks, haven't I, Gigi? And I'm actually getting quite good at it. It's, a it's definitely a tongue twister if you've ever heard one. So as Kevin said, what the whole idea behind this is, it's a continuing conversation. While Marion County is one of the fastest growing cities and counties in the nation, it is so crucial that we are in front of growth and planning in such a way that we thrive entirely as a community. Our rural lands, our horse farms, the business community, our downtown area. So it's so crucial that the community as a whole be educated as to why, where, and when Marion County is growing. And I agree 100%. And I think sometimes when we see growth and we see businesses coming and people coming, we're on alarm. Where are they going? But I think what he talked about as far as our spaces and how much space we have and how much of those people move, how many of those people actually move into the city, not even those surrounding areas, and how well that's being monitored and how great Horse Farms Forever does, of course, as a watchdog, which uh, I, I don't think that could be described any better way than you guys always with your eyes on the target, you know, to make sure we do maintain that. But I think helping people understand that balance, you know, that we don't repeat mistakes that we've seen in other areas have happened with urban sprawl and, and that sort of thing. Exactly. Yep. You hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's extremely important. And as Kevin said, there's really a, a misconception about uh, what infill growth means or what it means to grow densely. When you have somewhere like Marion County in Ocala, that's what you want in order to preserve our open spaces in that beautiful area, the farmland preservation area, we need to be able to get behind and support good growth, growth that is taking place where infrastructure already exists. So Kevin does a great job of explaining both ends of the, of the coin there on that. So we are really thankful for that and um, really enjoyed having Kevin as a part of the event. We had some um, major players in the in the horse industry today here for this. I was I was so impressed to see Mrs. Weber, Hall of Famer Mark Cassie, the Demerics, who just won two of the Breeders' Cup races, major championship races from horses from all over the world competing against theirs. They won the Juvenile and the Classic. Real claims to fame here, Niall Brennan. I mean, I saw some great 
wonderful um, people here. What did you think of the turnout? And were you happy to see so many well-known names here? Oh, we were amazed at the turnout. We had over 430 people purchase tickets to be here today. And that doesn't include all of the uh, people who participated online as well. We had some of the biggest developers, some of the biggest um, business owners, and like you said, some of the largest farm owners and some of the largest names in the equine industry here today. It was a wonderful collaborative collection of people. And that was what I touched on um, in my remarks. It's only through a collaborative focus and gathering such a diverse group of people that we will be able to make a difference in planning for a better future. So we were so pleased and so thankful for the support we received today. And I love the fact that the developers do want to know what matters. And then talk a little bit about the results. Um, uh, uh, it was incredible that we got the quality of life results and that we could share that. Tell me what your thoughts were on that and were the results what you expected? We, you know, when it comes to a survey like that, you're really taking a risk, you're taking a chance. But we felt really confidently that the community was going to respond just as they did. The number one issue of concern for them was making sure that our farms and agricultural lands remained preserved because they people realize and people recognize that that tremendous pressure that is being put on our agricultural lands uh, the survey itself was all-encompassing it was so great uh, that so many people in the community participated in that and responded the way they did. And Marion County is such a, a beautiful and wonderful place to live. And the survey really helped uh, validate that, that that's how the residents hope and intend to, to see Marion County grow in the future. So. Well, thanks to Horse Farms Forever and all of your efforts and you and Bernie Little and all the other founders and sponsors of this event. I believe that Marion County has a very bright future as the horse capital of the world and I think has just the right people on the job making sure that we keep it just as beautiful and pristine as it is. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Louisa. And thank you for all that you do and for all that the CEP does. And thank you to everybody who supported our event today. Wonderful. Here with Sarah Fennessy at Ocalibrator Sales in the conclusion of the Horse Farms Forever Summit, which was a great success. Equestrians, it's time to take care of yourself as well as you do your horse. So get down to Pulse Center of Ocala. The PEMF wave is safe and it's a therapy that charges your cells and allows them to function at their fullest capacity so you heal much faster. Check them out at pulsecenterfl.com now and tell them you heard about it on the Horse Talk Show for a free day. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. Your friend.
fab. You're switched on. You're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show, and I'm here with a very good friend of mine, Jackie Demerick, Demerick Training and Sales, uh, here at the farm visiting right before Thanksgiving for a special event they're having. And Jackie is going to chat to us a little bit about the process of starting a thoroughbred. Of course, Jackie and Nick are super successful. Every year, them or their family members uh, who work with them here at the farm have horses that graduated from their farm in the Kentucky Derby, the Breeders' Cup, and many other grade one and two stakes races across the country and the world. And their process is very, very impressive. We've watched them in action. Uh, everything from Jackie starting horses in the round pen to Nick galloping on his faithful pony horse alongside sets of horses very early in the morning. And I know that their day starts very early. Jackie, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Um, tell us a little bit about how your day goes during training season? Um, I usually, I have like kindergarten here. I, I have, I get the babies in when they first come from the sales or from farms um, and they come to me and we introduce them to tack and a rider and try to kind of engage them as partners instead of it being a submissive type of a situation. We like to, um, like to make them feel calm, um, uh, cared for, but respectful. I mean, it's not all coochie coochie huggy. We're very much, you know, they, they, they very much is a respect situation, but they are learning and they're like any young thing. They, they love something new, um, but they have very short attention spans. So our method that we use, um, and I tend to do most of the starting of the babies, uh, we don't like to say breaking because breaking connotes something quite different. We like to say introducing them to tack or starting, starting them, you know, um, under tack. And um, I learned from Martin Black, uh, who's a wonderful fifth generation Idaho horseman. Um, and he taught us about 25 years ago, probably he came and um, he comes every year when he does clinics here in town and stuff. And he's a wonderful friend and a great mentor. But um, we um, start the horses uh, when they first come in. We give them a day or two. We always make sure their teeth are done. It's very important that their teeth are floated and um, they don't equate a bit with pain of any kind. We want this experience to be positive from the get-go. Um, what happens is they'll come in, we'll put um, a nylon halter on over their regular halter and um, a long shank. I then, the groom will lead a horse into the round pen, hand off to me on my pony. I'll dally off onto my horn. Just take one or two turns. You don't want to get yourself in a bad situation because it can get a little hairy sometimes. Um, and then I have a flag, which is actually just, I can either use a fishing pole or now I'm using bamboo, um, but bamboo pole with uh, basically plastic bags taped, attached to it. Um, it's like the old Indian method of sacking out a horse. Um, you're basically rubbing that flag over everywhere the saddle's gonna touch. Um, so they'll come in to the pen, hand off to me. My pony is there as kind of like a big brother type situation. He's like the, he's like the, the strong guy who's going to say, it's all right, kid, don't worry about it. You know, everything's cool. And he, and, and so he's there. The colts sometimes want to get a little bit aggressive, a little studdish with the pony. Um, again, I have my flag. So sometimes I will have to, you know, say, Hey, that's your space. This is my space. We all retain your respect is essential to this experience. Um, but we also 
use a lot of comfort. I scratch, a lot of scratching, a lot of petting. I touch their ears, their head. I try to rub Horse my- hugs. Horse hugs. Scratching is um, uh, the rascar is what the Mexican guys call it. But it's um, and chichi in in uh, in. Korean. <laughs> um, but um, but basically, you're just like a horse. You see horses in a field, like a mare with her baby or friends in a field when they stand nose to tail and they chew on one another's withers uh, right behind the mane. And that is like the ultimate horse hug. That's like you can comfort one. You can change a horse's attitude anytime, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. If you see a horse in distress or getting nervous, if you start scratching, you will see a melt in your hands. They'll, their tongue will start coming out. Their lips will move. Their eyes will soften. It's all really about paying attention to how the horse is reacting because they can't speak, obviously, but they are extremely intuitive and they also are very... Um, uh, very expressive if you can just shut up and pay attention to them. Yeah. And then talk about both sides of the body. So both eyes okay. seeing and, yeah. and both sides experiencing the same process. Right. Exactly. That's a very important point. Um, a horse, um, Martin Black has written a wonderful book um, called Evidence-Based Horsemanship with a, a neuroscientist, um, Dr. Sidney, Dr. Stanley Peters, Dr. Stanley Peters, and um, it's a wonderful book. If you ever, you should really read it. It's fabulous. But it's all about how horses perceive, how their brains actually work and how their chemicals work. And the eyes are super important because when a horse, when you see something from the right side and you show him something and he experiences it and he's comfortable with it, um, we've all had that experience where you ride out somewhere and a horse spooks at something and you get them through it and it's all good. And then you're coming back home and you go back to the same thing and the horse freaks out because he's coming the other way. And you think, you idiot, I showed you this and we saw this, you were fine with it. But actually he did not on that eye because what he's processed from this eye stayed in this side of the brain. But when you see something from this eye again, it's a completely new ball game. So everything we do, we do both sides, both sides, both sides. And it's important from any time you handle a horse, um, you should always, we all tend in the thoroughbred world to stay on one side of the horse, always. You lead from that side, you pick feet from that side, you, we all tend to stay on one side. And horses, you know, they you get on the other side, they'll very get very reactive. So whenever you're handling them, you should always just try to go on both sides of your horse and just, you know, acclimate them to everything. But yes, with the flag, so they'll come in, the flag, I'll take the flag once they're okay with the pony and not trying to mount the pony or run away or be terrified. Um, I'll show the flag, I'll rub the flag all over them, their bodies, where wherever the saddle's going to go. I'll never get it in front of them because the horse has no vision right directly under his eyes. Um, so you never ever bring something up like that. That's when a horse spooks and starts um, and never bring it over. I never try to go like over their head because that, you know, they'll be frightened then and try to go under. So always keep the flag kind of low shoulder area of body. I'll run it up and down their hind legs. You can see if they're going to be a kicker. Um, it's a great thing for a kicker because they'll kick and 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 I can hold the flag. I had one filly for 40 minutes who kicked until she kicked herself about three times and then said, this is not a good idea. And she then became really sweet. <laughs> and uh, But uh, yeah, so it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a great thing. So once they've done that and then they're leading, I'll lead them with a the pony and make sure they're following the pony nicely. And then the rider will come in with his tack. And we'll very gently take the, the bridle. The rider will scratch the horse, introduce himself, say hello, um, scratch, let him know everything's fine. We'll put the reins over their head and then the bridle. And when you're 
very important thing with horses' ears. They have, they're very sensitive. Their ears are the most sensitive part of their body. And nothing makes me more angry than someone grabbing an ear or putting a twitch, heaven forbid, oh. on an ear. It's horrifying. But um, anyway, so ears are very important. So you be very careful as you put the bridle on not to pop their ear because if you pull their ear forward and release it, it makes them like almost an explosion in their head. So very, everything's very slow, very easy. We just go over, bridle on, blah, blah, blah. then you go, we put the saddle, put the pad on the saddle and put the girth on. And most of them at this point are still very happy. They're not that worried about it. But tighten the girth just very gently, not tight at all. I'm still attached to the horse. And um, then we will, um, uh, I'll let, ask him to step forward 10, 12 steps just to, so he feels the tack a little bit. And then the rider will come in and we'll tighten the girth up and then we'll turn him loose. And sometimes they turn themselves inside out bucking. And it's great. I let them do whatever they want to do. They can jump, they can buck, they can kick, they can rear. Some of them throw themselves. Yeah, some of them throw themselves on the ground. Hold that thought for one second. We have to break, but I'm coming right back with Jackie Demerick so we can finish up this process with her and you can learn about the very important way and the best foundation you can put on a thoroughbred racehorse to give it the best chance on the track and beyond. Stay with us. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. with uh, Jackie Demerick from Demerick Thoroughbred Training and Sales. Her and Nick start horses and um, get them ready for their racing careers. And I believe as a horse person that the foundation of a horse and the very starting of a horse, and, and Jackie mentioned not calling it breaking because uh, breaking a horse forcing it to submit will first of all not give you the best horse that you can have but it'll also give you a horse you can never truly trust and I really believe the success that we see in the horses that make it to the top stakes races and even become great OTTBs after the fact is because of the people who start those horses and I don't feel like Ocala Marion County gets nearly the credit it deserves for the wonderful trainers we have here in Jackie and, and Nick and, and the team they have and their family um, and their son and, and his wife and their daughter Ali. I've seen this over and over again um, and the success. So we were talking about 
up to the point where we put the saddle on and they maybe they buck and carry on and run around and, and all of that and some do and some don't I'm sure um, kind of what's the next step after that Jackie okay um, after they've had we let them sort of what we jokingly refer to as cook we let them cook in one round pen they stay 15-20 minutes and some of them will even lay down roll try to you know try to get the saddle off rub against the wall whatever and then they're pretty much happy with it the stirrups are down at this point so they felt the stirrups bumping mm -hmm. them etc and then we have we have several round pens so we'll usually have two going simultaneously so we leave the one horse go and start another one um then we come back to the to the first horse and and my rider marco hernandez is is who i start all of my babies with he's very very talented gifted man he's wonderful he's worked for us for like 17 years um and he uh he uh, will go in and teach the horse how to move like he'll just hook a shank to the horse and turn them and bump them with a stirrup and move the saddle and make as much noise and as much body movement as possible the thing is we don't want to be tight because if you're tight the horse is tight everybody's tight it's a bad situation you want to be reading that body language you want to be happy you want to be loose you want everything to be a nice positive experience um the horse gets nervous tight scratch 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 you can mellow him right out um so then we'll do that then he'll hand the horse back to me I will then take my flag again and I'll do what everyone refers to as the blessing. I'll go over their back, over their withers, over the head. The, the withers are the only spot a horse cannot defend himself. Um, he can't do anything there. That's where the mountain lion is going to jump on him and eat him. Um, so that's the part, like we've all probably had the experience of bellying a horse, putting weight on him, having them accept that until that moment when you get up there and you sit up and then they see you and, wah, you know, it can get hairy. Um, so that's, that's because they're seeing that with their peripheral vision. They're seeing you sitting up there. So I sort of desensitize them a bit with that flag over there first so they know it's not going to hurt them. Um, then Marco will um, step on the horse. We get up on the horse and very rarely do we have a major reaction. I mean, sometimes you'll have a little skitter and a jump. And if so, we back up, stop, get off, start again, comfort everybody, start again. Just try to keep it real happy, real smooth. Um, again, my ponies right there, fillies sometimes will snuggle right up to women, like hide their little faces against them, you know. But um, we, we, I try to make them stand back a little bit and pay attention and accept what is coming. And so he'll get on and then we'll walk. We'll just walk around the pen. We walk maybe just two steps first. Stop, comfort, 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 scratch, 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 scratch. Um, and the babies, you'll see their mouths get softer they'll start licking their lips they'll be really happy it's quite phenomenal actually um, how how accepting they are of it and um, then uh, all we'll do is we'll take like maybe two two turns in one direction and then we'll go across the round pen change so the the pony is on the outside inside of the horse we start off with the pony and the horse is there and the then the wall so I can stop him if I need to if one got really jumpy I can put my pony in front of him and you know kind of we can make sure we keep everyone safe but then we'll change direction till so they have the open eye and sometimes they'll get excited about that sometimes they'll be frightened by that um, because again they're seeing it from a different eye so we change direction we go to that we make anything another turn around the round pen that way we ask for a stop we'll ask for a little back using the yoke we never never get in their mouths try to back off and then we um, just take them into the middle, lots of scratching. Mark will shift his weight, move his legs, let him feel everything, and then get off. And that's day one. We're done. And that's a good experience that's for them. A positive, good experience. And that's how we want it to be because my whole theory about this is if you are a willing partner, if you're a willing partner, um, then 
they will, if, if, if you're not forced to do your job, you're going to do a much better job than if someone is whipping you into a submission or frightening you into submission. Um, this way, these, the, the horses are really happy to do it. And our horses, even like when they're breezing and getting ready to go to the racetrack, probably 80% of them still nicker when they see the rider come in with a pack. They're like, oh, yay, good, fun day. This is wonderful. So, um, yeah, it's all positive, and we like, like it to be that way. And um, we, love, we love our horses. We love what we do. We're blessed in our lives, and, you know, the horses are, are an integral part of it. So. Now, um, talk a little bit about something I've mentioned already, which is how important the foundation is of a horse and the start and how that needs to be positive for them for the future, for for them even beyond the racetrack, how much your influence you think plays. And seeing you and Nick again and again having success every year, seeing your grads in like the best races makes me go, wow, that start has to be right. So talk a little bit about how you think that affects them, the racetrack and beyond. Well, I feel like um, the horses have a positive positive you know everything that we try to do with them is positive we, we don't try to ever hurt them we never try to train a horse in any way if they're in any way sore um if there's something uncomfortable you make sure your bit fits you make sure tack fits you make sure everything's happy um so they're positive they're happy they're willing partners they're not being forced and i think that that goes on when they go to the racetrack because they, they'll want to do a job. They'll give you 110% because they, they're enjoying it. They like it. And and onward, like you say, the OTTBs. I mean, we have people kind of standing in line to get OTTBs from us because they're soft and they're they're willing and they're trusting. And I think that's that's the whole thing. They trust us. They trust people. And they, they equate tack, riding, exercise with a positive, happy experience. Yeah. Talk about how you love horses and how you get attached to them I'm sure you must and you have to have ones that you get more attached to than others right yes we do adore them we really do um we we love you know you love no I can't say love all of them because some of them are jerks but <laughs> but we try to be real nice to them and just say positive things even if in your heart you're trying to get but um but no we do adore them and it's it is kind of hard sometimes to sell them um you know because we do sell a lot of them but um it, but you, you know it's it's a it, the horse business thoroughbred business, racehorse business, people are, there's a funny perception out there, you know, sometimes that, that we're abusing these horses or hurting them in some way. And 99% of, of people who work with horses on a day-to-day -day basis care and love them. It's too much work. It's too hard a job. You're not, I mean, there are always monetary rewards, but they're not, you know, every time you turn around. So you have to love what you do and, and you have to love the animal. And, um, and so I, you know, I think the horses are there. I mean, they're in our blood. There's no way we, we just love everything about them. You know, when, when we are, you know, not training, we're trail riding and having fun with our horses. So we, we love it. And our, and our family, you know, is very blessed in, in that we, we um, all ride. Uh, our granddaughter's showing, um, you know, the kids ride. Everybody enjoys spending time with the horses and on the farm. It's truly a labor of love. Last question, because I know Nick needs you. Um, tell us about Nick's go. Uh, Nick's go. Um, that was uh, from the KRA. He was purchased um, by them as a yearling. Um, Mr. Jin Woo Lee is um, has an incredible uh, nicking system. It's a system he designed came up with himself and it's been very, very, very productive. He's had, I think he 
purchased eight horses and he's had three graded stakes winners and none of them cost over 70,000. So it's quite amazing. Um, but Nixco we had as a uh, yearling with a group of horses that he'd bought that year. And um, he was slated to go to a two-year-old sale. He did go to the April sale. And um, anyway, long story short, he breezed well. They were hoping that he'd bring a lot of money. It didn't seem like the market was going to support it. And they, they asked Nick, you know, what do you think of this group? Which horses should we retain? And um, Nick, actually, Nick Nick told him, he said, this horse, he said, he's, he's very, very talented. He's a tough-minded horse um, in that he, things have to be, uh, um, positive for him and happy but he um when when things are going his way he obviously is is quite incredible and and we won the breeders cup classic so wow yeah. amazing yeah. jackie thank you so much for taking the time to share some of this with us this training process um we're so impressed by you and nick and love you so much like family and are so proud of you and can't think of better people uh to win the classic who deserve it more thank so thank you so much well it was, it was an amazing amazing weekend for sure and thank you louisa for always being supportive and for getting it out there the message out there about the marion county and the horse business and the fact that thoroughbred people really oh, love horses <laughs> we love horses yeah i'm louisa barton for the horse talk show here with jackie and nick demerick at their farm and our broadcast and television sponsor larson hay and also to our supporting sponsors equisafe Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage, and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages, and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. On the last segment of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest, Alfalfa. A few takeaways from Jackie there. Um, power duo, Gigi mentioned in the break, her and her husband Nick, certainly a power duo. One of them's in the round pen with the babies and one of them's out on the pony horse on the track. And neither of them are 20 anymore, by the way. Um, they're actually grandparents. Um, so pretty amazing stuff, in my opinion. And then they're winning like two of the major races at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. So, and hey, that we claim them. Uh, they may not originally be from Ocala, but we claim them as the Ocala Demerics because they're amazing. Gigi also mentioned she loved Jackie's hands-on, like touching the horse all the time with her own hands. Um, lovely getting that contact and familiarity um and a third segment that we need to do on nick at the track so nick we're going to be in touch um because we like to come out and get your protocol for starting them at the track and maybe even first time through the gate and then we can add that to uh jackie's and um Gigi's laughing i don't know what what Gigi's laughing at what's he good Gigi, what are you laughing at 
Jackie's response. Oh. <laughs> um, so anyway, there's some ideas. So let's add Nick at the track and the gate to those two. And then we'll have the whole process of our power duo. And we do love them, by the way. And I'm not just saying that because they're listening. We do really love them. Uh, let's take you to Aiken. We actually went to Aiken, South Carolina, where we think they maybe fancied themselves as a horse capital, but they don't anymore. I think we fixed that. No, I'm just kidding. We had a wonderful time in Aiken. On the trip up, um, we got to see some cotton, which was really cool. And I really enjoyed that uh, little stop there and traveled with um, Alan Davies and um, Steve Mayer from Next Level Farm up there, which was wonderful, what good sports they are. And when I said, can we stop in Pula? Because I want to see my family. And there's a British shop there called Pie Society, which by the way, has the best pork pies and sausage rolls since I was in England. Got to see my nephew, Jack and his wife, Kayla, which was wonderful. And these guys were such a good sport. They were like, sure, let's stop. And there's Jack and Kayla. And look at those tables. If anyone wants to get me anything for Christmas, I want a table like that. Um, even though I became an American citizen this year, I still love those British tabletops. What can I say? Um, but anyway, I spent way too much money there, but I got to see my family. And I even got some chocolate advent calendars with English chocolate in them. And it was just a wonderful stop. So thank you so much to Alan and Steve for being uh, good enough to meet my family and, and stop in Pula, Georgia, just outside Savannah for that wonderful trip. Then we went on to Aiken. And I'm just going to share with you that the hotel we stayed at, the Rose Hill in Aiken, you shouldn't stay anywhere else. Um, what an absolutely quality place, home away from home. Um, I could not believe how neat this room was and just how 1898... It really was. Sorry, this is my horrible filming upon arrival, but um, just I just fell in love with Rose Hill and um, and the gardens and the wonderful stories that Liz Hobbs, who's the owner there, shared with us were just amazing. So um, we're going to swap it over to Liz in a minute and share that with you uh, when she talks a little bit about um, this amazing property and all the history behind it and the Phelps family, who I'm quite sure must be related to Mary Phelps, um, who owned it. Mary, can you claim some uh, uh, attachment there to that family? I'm sure you can if you trace it back. But let's take it up to um, to Liz and her little interview uh, in the chapel and then also in the um, in the bar there where she shares a little bit more with us. I'm here uh, with Liz Hobbs and we're in Aiken at beautiful Rose Hill. And this is the chapel. And Liz just told us a few really neat things that she does for brides and grooms. Liz, share those with us about some of the botanicals and things. Thank you, Louisa. So we have a beautiful ginkgo tree out in the gazebo area where we have lots of weddings. And so the ginkgo tree is known to bring love and prosperity. So I give brides a, a leaf from the tree to put in their dress on their wedding day. And then we have a gorgeous buckeye tree that uh, the original family planted in the 1900s, and the Buckeye is also said to bring good luck and prosperity, so I get the groom one to put in his pocket. So we call those conkers in England, and I have one in my pocket right now, but I feel like after being here at Rose Hill, I have a lot of good luck and a new friend. I love this chapel. Tell us a little bit about this chapel. How old is it? And you have Whiskey Church on Sunday? Yes, so there's Whiskey <laughs> Church here on Sunday. There's a wonderful group of local individuals that change the topic each week. And um, they do a colonial week and then they do um, various topics. And it's so much fun. And then they go down to the stables and have brunch. So everybody's always welcome to Whiskey Church. And then um, 
Yeah, so the church actually used to be the whelping shed for uh, the first Westies, the Westland Terrier dog that was brought to America by Claudia Lee Phelps, the daughter of the founding family. So it's got great history and now it's a chapel where we've had lots of weddings and lots of fun parties too. We do cocktail parties in here, so we do about anything. It's my kind of church. I it wish is. I was still going to be here on Sunday. I know. Oh, <laughs> have to come back. Thank you, Liz. I'm definitely coming back. Thanks, Louisa. And we're on. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show and the Equus Television Network. And I am here in Aiken, South Carolina, where I have fallen in love with Aiken, South Carolina, here at the Rose Hill Hotel with Liz Hobbs. Liz, we're in what was stables? The former horse stables to the Winter Colony Estate that Rose Hill is. Yes, that's where we are. It's called the Stables Restaurant now. It's lovely. Tell us a little bit about the history of the stables and how long it was ago it was converted into this incredible property. Sure. So Rose Hill was built in 1898 by Colonel Sheffield Phelps and his wife Claudia Lee. And the stables was built then as well as their obvious horse stables for their winter colony estate. And it was converted in the mid-2000s by the third owners of Rose Hill to be a restaurant. And we purchased last year and reopened under the new format with our executive chef Jeff Hairston. And now you're sitting in the stables restaurant, which used to be the former horse stables. It's amazing. And and there's a little bar behind us yeah. here, and then there's a, a speakeasy yeah. area. So we have dining room space, indoor and outdoor. We have a bar with lots of outdoor space with live music and games, and we actually have a moisture roast coming up. Lots of fun things. And then we have a speakeasy where you walk through a wardrobe, and you end up in another building. Oh, that's like Narnia. That's my cup of tea. It is. <laughs> And how many rooms in the hotel? So we have six rooms in the main house, which are the historic 1898 Dutch Colonial. And we have one cottage on the property as well with some more rooms coming in the next year. Absolutely. Liz Hobbs here at the beautiful Rose Hill, my home away from home now in Aiken, South Carolina. Nowhere else I would stay. Rose Hill was amazing, um, but and I have to say thank you, Liz Hobbs. Uh, when in Aiken, that's definitely the place to go. I want to thank Ellen Davies also um, from Equine Therapy International, who will actually be on the show with us next week. Um, he was the sponsor of the event for the CEP, and it was absolutely phenomenal. We got such a great opportunity to go and meet Maxine um, and just to just to have a great experience. It was wonderful. I want to thank Shelley Page. Um, dear, dear, dear friend of mine, adore her and her husband, Travis. Um, they are just both absolutely uh, wonderful, wonderful people. They hosted us on their porch the next night after the event. And I'm just going to say what happens on the porch stays on the porch. Um, I also want to shout out to Brandy and Allison, um, two wonderful new friends that we made, as well as Suzette. Um, just we went, we met such wonderful people and Blair also. Um, and Chris, we met some wonderful, wonderful people um, when we were um, up there. Uh, as you can see, fantastic, uh, great group of folks that we met. Um, if I forgot to mention anybody, I'm sorry, but we just really, really enjoyed uh, meeting all of you. And Brandy, who is Shelley's next door neighbor, is, a, is definitely going to be a lifelong friend for all of us. So um, it was really a wonderful, wonderful time. It wasn't the horse capital, but I would say it was like Ocala maybe a long time ago, smaller and a little bit quieter, but very horsey, um, very beautiful place. And certainly Rose Hill um, would be the, the absolute choice for a hotel there in Aiken, South Carolina. So 
Uh, what a great trip. What a wonderful opportunity to begin to sister our cities up, Ocala and Aiken, and make those connections uh, that we certainly started to make while we were there. Um, that's it for the show this week. Alan Davies will be in with me next week, and um, we'll get to chat a little bit more about the new treadmill design and, and the, uh, the basis of all of that. So I'm looking forward to more information f- to share with you. And um, all I need to say now is happy horsing around whether you're in the horse capital of the world, Ocala, Marion County, Florida, until the same time next week.